Hi everyone, this is episode nine of season four, and today I have Wyman Clothin with me and Jeff Woods. Hi. Morning. Morning. So today we're going to be talking about Legal and General's new State of the Nation report. It's um, a lot of stuff to do with some fabulous statistics about SMEs and how we're engaging them, or maybe not engaging them, with protection insurance. This is the Practical Protection Podcast. So, Jeff, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Catherine. Very good. Brilliant, brilliant. And Roy, are you a... Are you okay today? Sprightly, there's a word for you. Oh, I've not heard that. I don't think I, I don't know if I've ever used that word. I'm going to try and do that thing of like aiming to get that into my conversations today at some point. <laughs> it was like a good word to be saying. So just to give a little bit of a background to everybody, what we're going to be doing is chatting through the research that LNG have done about the state of the nation. So it was a study that was done with 500 small and medium sized firms in the UK. There was a really clear focus upon how protection insurance and SMEs are mixing well and potentially a big opportunity that's being missed from both the SME side and also from the insurance sector side. Hi, Jeff. Morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. Thanks, Roy. Good, excellent. Um, listen, I personally think that this uh, this study is, is is a bit of a bible for advisors. Uh, I actually look forward to it every year, and I, I generally mean that because I think part of this is to make people aware of the state of the nation, which is obviously what you called the report. Yeah. Um, I think the, the the other thing about this report is that it gives us some unbelievable statistics, uh, which are firstly quite frightening, but secondly actually useful for the advisory community to use when they're going around talking about small businesses. So. Uh, um, you know, I think I think any listeners should, should definitely have a look at it. But there's one that jumps out the page straight away at me. Um, and in the research, it showed that six in 10 businesses would cease to trade in less than a year if a key person was no longer with the company. I mean, that is shocking um, and a clear testament to the importance of things like key person. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right there, Roy. That is shocking. Um, now, this is our seventh edition, um, and we brought out the first one in 2009. Um, what this edition has shown, and actually quite a few of the others, is that 75% of businesses have loans of one sort or another. Um, and the level of borrowing of a typical business over the last couple of years has actually increased. Um, and a lot of it actually has also some form of personal security against it. And then when we consider that 96% of the 6 million businesses registered have less than 10 employees, and they're typically run by just one or two people um, who will not just be key to the business, but but probably are the business, um, that if something happens to one of them, it's highly likely without some sort of plan B that that they will fail. Yeah. Do you think that most people realise, I mean, again, (laughs) this is going to be a podcast of stats, Catherine, but do you you think most people realise that it is 96% of businesses have less than 10 people? Do you you think advisors realise that, Jeff? No, no, I don't. I, I actually think that those that aren't involved in business protection are slightly fearful because they think they're, they're going to be going in and talking to some sort of blue chip company, which it absolutely isn't. You know, it's the guys on the business parks and the industrial estates. It's those types of businesses now that that, that make up the majority of, of the businesses in the UK. And because they only have typically 10 employees, you know, one or two or three of them will be absolutely key to that business. The, the reason it runs. Um, and, and that's why it's so important that more advisors go and talk to these small businesses because they need the advice. And I think that's probably our first takeaway of this podcast. The smaller the company, the more reliance you have on 
uh, a small uh, amount of people because if those people are taken out of that company, that company will have bigger problems than a bigger company where they've probably got a resource to replace that person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you look at some. I work for LNG, right? If something happens to someone at LNG, we're going to be pretty sad about it, but it's not really going to impact the business. Um, but if something happened to a small business, it's literally three or four people, of course, it's going to have a massive impact. And just something else that you, you said there, do you think there's also a, uh, a view amongst certain advisors that um, this is too complicated because there is that, uh, and we said this misapprehension that, that we're all chasing these big blue chip companies that you refer to? Um, maybe, yes. I think, I think it's a lot of things, isn't it? It's how do you get into it? How do you speak to the business? How do you approach them? What do you say? Um, and, and, I, and so I think it's just that, that not knowing. And most of our advisors are now either mortgage brokers or they might be in pension and wealth. And they're busy doing what they're doing because there aren't that many advisors for the size of our population. And they are busy. And so to actually focus on doing something different is quite difficult. And I think when you have the perception of, well, how do I even approach that business and what do I say? It's, it's, it's very difficult. So I, I just think that's why not so many get involved. So I think what was interesting is like looking at the report as well. I know we've just been talking about, you know, key person cover. We're talking quite a lot about the business vulnerability. And it was a lot of the statistics really stood out for me. And what I liked about the report, and and I've never been shy about this, is that I'm not somebody who really likes statistics. I get a bit fed up seeing numbers. I kind of I want to know the, the richness behind the data. But with the report, I actually found it really easy to follow and to read through and to see those key bits. And I think, you know, say business vulnerability side of things, it was showing that about 75% of the businesses had a loan that would actually be really hard for them to to address if a key person was gone. Um, Many of them, again, about 75% hadn't even heard of things like executive income protection. But even more interesting than that, 84% of them said that they were actually really keen and eager to hear about it. I'm wondering if that's possibly a bit of a knock-on from this last year or something where... I imagine, especially with smaller firms, if there's been somebody who's not been well, or unfortunately they've maybe lost somebody, it's probably had a, a really big impact, everything that's happened since, uh, well, 2020 and 2021. Yeah, sure. You know, I think um, whether you're in business protection or personal protection, um, if someone's had an event, I, you know, someone close to them or themselves have been seriously ill or someone has died that they know, for example, um, they, they are obviously very open to talking about and doing something about the need they have for some sort of protection. And I think over the last 18 months, we've all been through an event. So we're all in that place. And businesses aren't any different, but they're probably enhanced because they've actually not been able to operate in the normal way. You know, people have had to go and work remote or they've had to put a lot on furlough. And I think naturally that would have made them feel more vulnerable. But often they don't know what the options are because they're not talking to anyone about it. So if you prompt them or suggest anything, which is the point, I suppose, if you say, have you heard of Relevant Life or Exec IP, then then I think most of them are going to say, well, I haven't, but I'd really like to know more if that's going to help me. And I think that's because we all feel, and businesses in particular, just just more vulnerable. And, and that comes back to the point of just talk to people, because if, if you talk to them and let them know what they can do, um, that they probably are more open to it than they ever have been. Absolutely. I think as well, so like a, before I move on to like the next little bit, it was interesting as well and, and quite, 
I think, a bit worrying is that, you know, obviously it was about 54%. So I think, so we're over 250 of the companies that responded had given personal security for business borrowing. And again, if, if there's not some kind of protection in place for that, which, you know, essentially it's, it is going to be things like these protection insurances, that's a huge risk and, and not just a business risk, but obviously that knock-on effect to potentially their personal wealth as well and their homes and that obviously then the knock-on effect to their families. Well, can you, can you imagine you, you're ill, um, your business fails uh, and then you potentially lose your home. Uh, that, that's not really not a very good sequence of events, is it? It's yeah. just unthinkable. I mean, what, what that uh, indicates obviously is there's a lot of, and you, and you do find there's a lot of small, small businesses that have uh, director's loans um, and director's loans are often, you know, the way of uh, either bypassing a bank or dealing with the fact that a bank won't give you borrowing. And of course, that, that might have been accentuated despite Sybil's and things like that over this period of time. And a director's loan has to be repaid. Um, and in the event of something happening to somebody, this could be, you know, this could be have a, a property against it or, or all sorts of different things against it. And I think that that's, uh, you know, another stat that jumps out the page and, and tells the advisor that we should be covering directors' loans in exactly the same way that you cover a mortgage. And, and I think first first call out for uh, for signposting of the podcast, but if you're a mortgage <laughs> broker in particular listening to this, uh, it's the same principle. You're covering a loan for a mortgage uh, so that if someone dies or has, has a long-term illness that the mortgage is paid off. Well, what's the difference between that and a director's loan is, is a question I would, I would pose. Absolutely. And I think just going back you know, a little bit to what you were saying there, Jeff, about chatting to people, one of the things that the report tends to pick up as well is that we're still not necessarily as an industry being seen as the go-to place for these kinds of insurances, which just feels so bizarre because obviously the insurance world has been around for such a long time. But um, when we were looking through the research, it showed that about 30% of the people that responded would speak to their accountant about these kinds of things. And 28% would go to an advisor. So it is kind of obviously it's near equal, but Really, when we talk about insurances, we should be, so I think, seeing, well, hopefully we'd be seeing much, much higher things than that. And we also still found as well that um, 46% of the people that responded didn't see any need for business protection at all. I mean, what's your instinct, Jeff? Why are people going more towards their accountants than they are to advisors? Um, I, su I suppose if, if they haven't got an advisor, someone they know, then they're trusted professional sources. Now they're accountant because it's pretty almost pointless speaking to the bank because the bank will do very little about it now. Uh, I mean, I think it's encouraging that actually 54% will go and speak to a professional advisor. Um, frustrating, I guess, that more of them don't actually think from, from the point of view of protection to go and seek out an actual uh, financial advisor. But, but for me, actually, in some ways, it says, look, as an advisor, if, if you want to be in this business, then actually your clear point of contact should be an accountant. And, and I think we'll all know that many accountants aren't that aware of what the solutions are and what the actual risks are. They, they just don't. I mean, they need educating as much as the businesses do. But if you go and speak to the accountants, then you can see that you will open up a really good business opportunity. Um, because if, if businesses are speaking to their accountant and the accountant is more educated to, the, uh, to what the risks and the solutions are, then, then there's great opportunity there. And, and as for, you know, business is not, not actually showing any interest. Is that any different from anybody else? Mostly they don't know what they don't know. Um, that's all they yeah. believe that the insurance is maybe four times what it actually is. 
And, and so I think it just comes back to that need for advice and us being proactive as an industry to go and talk to them and make them more aware of, of what those risks are, but also what the solutions are. And actually, really, what a small percentage of their business turnover that would be. I'm not surprised at that stat, actually, about people going to their accountants, because if you think about the route to market, um, there aren't enough of us, and there's certainly not enough of us that, that go out, uh, you know, peddling our, our business protection wares. Um, and, and I actually look at a stat like that and think of it as a positive, because let's face it, when you're doing key person and shareholder protection, you should be talking to that person's accountant anyway. There are issues about valuations. There might be issues about cross-option agreements. There are all yes. sorts of different things where it's important you work alongside that, that person's accountant. And I think uh, what this does is it shows us once again that we have to collaborate with our sister professions, for, for, which for me are accountancy and, and legal. And therefore, this is a, this is a wonderful opportunity actually for, 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 for our listeners to think about the accountants that might be in their local towns, cities, villages, wherever they live, and, and go and talk to them in, in, in the first uh, instance about how this might affect their, their companies. Um, and an angle that was put, 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 you know, point, pointed out to me um, a while back was, it's in an accountant's interest to have its clients insured as well. Hmm. And the reason for that is that accountants are mainly transactional. Yeah. Um, and therefore they they earn their wares, their monies, their, their revenue streams on doing pieces of business for, for companies. If those companies are no longer around because of all the things that we've just talked about, actually that doesn't help the accountancy firm either. And I think if you can go in from that angle to a certain extent with some accountants and say, this is effectively you protecting your clients against your own revenue book. What I've certainly found is a, is a very receptive audience. I think, sorry, going back as well a little bit to just what you were saying before, Jeff, about people, um, was it people, sorry, I've lost my train of thought there a little bit, uh, about the expecting that the insurances are, co- are going to cost a lot more. Mm. And I, I think this kind of goes to what you often say as well, Roy, about the, the average pound cost. A day, income, pound a day, pound a day. I know, it's a pound a day, Roy, <laughs> for an income protection policy. Um, but, you know, obviously the reports show that many people think that the cost of insurance is about four times what it is and for things like income protection they expect it to be about 50 percent more than what the actual cost will be but then on the opposite side of that which i found really surprising is just how much people seem to say that they are they're willing to potentially spend on these insurances there was about 72 percent were willing to spend about 50 pound or more over half were saying that they could actually potentially go of you know, sorry, up to or over £750 per month, and a quarter of them were potentially saying over £2,000 per month. I mean, that's quite a disparity, really, isn't it? Because you kind of think, well, hang on a minute, a lot of people may be unsure of the cost, they probably think it's too expensive. But then a quarter of them are thinking it could be about £2,000 a month. So, if, And if they're expecting it to be, I don't know, potentially even more than that, then then that's, we're really not sort of like getting over the pricing. It's probably that we need to, I don't know, do we need to get some like really good case studies out there of the costings? Yes, possibly. I suppose your perception of what something might cost will depend on the size of your business and your turnover and what you're having to pay out for other things. Um, and, and because there are quite a few small businesses, I mean, I, I, I think I think until they actually see what the costs are as you say so good case studies i suppose that can be used just to make them more more aware of what it might cost i, I think the important thing i get from that is they are they accept they would need to spend money and then i think if you do a good job of making them really aware of what their needs are 
just just the same as any other protection conversation so long as you can fit within a sensible budget they will spend what they need to spend in order to have a solution to overcome that that need and that risk um, so I, I think it's positive that so many say they will spend money um, and it doesn't surprise me that they have no idea how much it will cost though yeah, I mean, one of one of the issues undoubtedly here is general insurance. So companies will have to take out certain forms of general insurance, as we all know. So certainly indemnity insurances, employers uh, and public liability insurances, D&O insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, if they've got cars, they'll have to be insured. If they've got offices, if they've got computers. And and I think there's, there is there is a feeling that, particularly with COVID, that some of these insurance costs have gone up due to, you know, uh, uh, business interruption claims. And, and and we've got to stop thinking that insurance is a different a different word. You know, a lot of these small businesses will see general and life as the same insurance. Yeah. I, I, the principle is the same. And I think we, we, we need to sort of, again break down these silos and just realize that that we are part of that whole solution. So if somebody is insuring their computers, they should be insuring their people. If someone's insuring their fleet of cars, they should be in, in uh, you know thinking about long-term sick pay, et cetera, et cetera. Let's, let's actually throw these things into the same melting pot because I think then once you sell that concept of, of you know, actually, the person's probably more important than the computer, by the way, uh, then, uh, you know, you, again, I think you're going to find more open doors than you might expect. I imagine this is a bit like that social issue in general, though, isn't it? It's like the amount of people who take out pet insurance yeah. <laughs> rather than taking out income protection for themselves. We, we forget about the fact that we essentially are the machine that makes the money Correct. and um, it's just trying to to get people to have that mindset but you know again with the report I think it was something like 94 percent of the businesses said that um, they had a key person and I imagine obviously for a small business that is often usually the sorry the company owner but again it's sort of like a case of well so many of them hadn't even heard about this kind of policy. Like, um, I think what you were saying, Roy, if people are really looking at their accountants, maybe there is sort of like a, a real need for advisors to sort of like really try and engage with maybe even local accounting firms to them. Um, and just like some people engage with estate agents to obviously make sure that, you know, protection insurance is being put in place for mortgages. But to sort of like really sort of like speak to them and say, look, do you do you know that we're here, you know, yeah, in a sense, yeah. and we can do this and we can help and we can step in and, and again, potentially even you could sort of accept some kind of signposting agreements with, with people sort of like that, that aren't necessarily within our industry. 100% and, and the, the other area, and it's definitely worked for us at, uh, at Cavendish Way, I think you do it as well, Catherine, is general insurance brokers. So, you know, your, your general insurance broker, and again, just to re-emphasize, People have to have general insurance. Yeah, remember it's the law stuff like public liability. Mm. Um, your general insurance broker, particularly if a, you know it's a, a local a local sort of business, um, go and talk to them because remember they have got uh, lines of demarcation as well. And most general insurance brokers do not have permissions to come over to our side of the fence. Um, it, so I think that we certainly work with some general insurance brokers where uh, they would do the general insurance side and then they will sign post, there you go, second mention in the morning, into <laughs> us for, uh, for, for these sort of things and, and vice versa. And remember that if you're looking after small businesses or you're seeking out small businesses, they will need general insurance because it is the law on certain subjects. The, the ability to have a general insurance broker that you can refer to if you don't do it internally, uh, means that, that signposting will work that way as well. So I think it's it's just, again, thinking outside the box here and, and, and just having a bit of commercial nous about how you could potentially open up doors uh, with, with the businesses around the business, if that makes sense. 
absolutely. Yes, I think, um, you know, we, we've done this research, obviously, which is really useful. And I think it's useful whether you're looking to get into business protection or whether you're experienced as you are, Roy. Um, but, but, but I think, you know, you wonder whether we should extend it slightly to include something about the way to look to generate business. So you're both yeah. quite experienced at doing that. And we wonder whether we should have something additional that says, do these things, speak to these people, this is your approach, these are your opportunities. Because I think we do, we do a bit of that through this report, but we, we don't do that as much. And we rerun webinars where we try and um, give people ideas about how they can enter the market and what they can do. But actually uh, taking some of your experience could, could be really useful. Yeah, and, and, and going back to your case study point, Catherine, a uh, uh, big shout out for Legal and Journal because during their training, they still regularly bring in Seven Families campaign. Um, and yes. I've said from day one, as you both know, that Seven Families is, is about corporate as much as it is individual because the stories and the principles are just the same. So, yeah. you know, by all means, people go, go back and use Seven Families. Just to repeat, there's no intellectual property. You can use any of the videos that we have. The link's on Catherine's site somewhere. We can put the link up again. Yeah. That can be used for, for business as much as an individual, um, you know, situation. Um, so, Jeff, I, I wanted to ask you about um, uh, the dreaded COVID word, if that's OK for a minute. <laughs> um, Look, it's changed our lives in, in, in so many ways and, uh, you know, very negative connotations. But actually, um, if, if you excuse the, uh, the pun, some positivity has come out of this as well. Um, what's, what's the positive messages that we've learned from COVID in particular with business protection, do you think? Well, I think, you know, we touched on it earlier and, and it is the, the vulnerability maybe that businesses feel. And I, and I don't think... You know, we, we, anyone should be thinking of, that we're taking advantage of a situation. I think it just spells out that everybody's felt more vulnerable and a business in particular where they've had to furlough staff or they've had to work from home and they've had to change the way that they work. And they might have for short periods of time see their revenue almost come to a standstill. But then but then they've been resilient and found a way through it to keep that going. I think it, it's it's that awareness of that situation as an advisor go and speak to people because they are open to it and they are feeling vulnerable because they've had to go through that journey and they will be thinking well what if i couldn't have put someone on furlough what if something had happened to me what would happen to my business it's just never been a better time to go and open up those conversations never never been a greater need for advice in fact with these with small businesses to, to, to just embrace it and go and talk to people is what I would say. What about the indestructibility side of it as well? Do you, do you think there's a sense that, you know, there were business owners as well as individuals who before COVID would sort of shrug their shoulders and go, that's all very well, Mr. Advisor, but I don't think it's going to happen to me. Do you think that's changed? There's been a sea change of that, which, which can be used in this context as well? Yes, because I think we all realise that actually it could happen to us and maybe it has happened to us or someone close to us to one degree or another. Uh, and that is that, that's that point about the vulnerability. You know, we, we all feel that more, don't we? You know, I think we, we've been starting to go back out and, and seeing people face to face or we've been going to industry events. And I've got to say, three or four days after I've been to one of those events, I'm doing a test because I'm thinking, you know, uh, have, have, I, have I managed to pick up COVID during that time and you worry about it and you think about it uh, and and so I think 
you know, as I say, it's no different for a business, but I think it's enhanced for a business. Um, there can't be many there sitting thinking, well, it won't impact me. Absolutely. And I, I know exactly what you mean in terms of like being a bit cautious about going things. I know Alan, um, obviously he went down to, to London and managed to see you all last yes. week. Yep, we had, and, a, we, we, know, we, we had a boogie around our handbags last Thursday night. You did, you did. I heard all about it. Um, no video evidence though, unfortunately. Um, but uh, yeah, he, for, for a good while, he was really umming and ahhing until probably about the day beforehand about whether or not to get the train or not or to drive down. And he just really couldn't sort of like, you know, he said that bit of vulnerability of thinking, mm. well, who am I going to be on the train with? What am I going to... And then, like you said, in probably another side of things, you know, obviously when you all saw each other, it was something like three or 400 people probably in a room together. And you think, well, actually the train's probably nothing compared to us all being in here together kind of thing. Um, but again, though, I think, like you said, it, it has sort of like made us all aware. And I think that again showed in the statistics when it was something like 34% of the businesses were actually quite keen now at looking at stuff like the group IP. I think... I think I know we all sort of like, I think we all do that thing, don't we? We sort of say, oh, as a teenager, you sort of like feel that you're invulnerable and you'll live forever mm -hmm. and there's no kind of worries. And and that's why I think a lot of people say, oh, well, young people don't necessarily want insurance because why do they need it? They're going to, they're never going to, nothing's ever going to happen to them ever. But then the fact that people who are in their 30s, 40s, 50s still don't have things like income protection or the group cover, it does still kind of indicate that a lot of us still think that we're indestructible we're sort of like we're not kind of really obviously so many of us hear all those statistics like i think it's now it's one in two people who have cancer at some point mm, in their life yes. and there's so many other ones as well the amount of people who are diagnosed every day with parkinson's is is much higher than i think a lot of people would realize um and and yet we see all this stuff but yet we still don't have you know we're still at a point where not everybody has things like the income protection in place I think the group point is a really valid one, and that's fascinating that 34% say they're keen to look into it. You know, the question straight away is, well, how many advisors are out there going out and, and searching out that market? Because that's one in three companies, obviously. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I think where businesses have had to furlough staff, I think most businesses, as I'm sure you both do, you know, really care for the people and take responsibility for the people that you, you employ and work with. And you do wonder whether that's made them think more now. Well, what, what would they do if they couldn't work, but in a different situation, you know, how would they cope? Um, and, and so thinking about group IP or group cover, which, which is a relatively um, not cheap, but a good value way of, of, getting, of getting wide cover. Maybe it is, maybe there is a, an element of that. Well, it's actually, it's actually cheaper than people think. I mean, it's normally less than 1% of payroll. So, again, sometimes, you know, in internally, we, we think these things are more expensive than they are. I mean, I, I, I have to say deaf in service, and Catherine and I both advise on this, when you show the premiums to clients, you often get, is that is that per month? And you go, no, that's for the year. And they're, what? Mm. what why, is, why is that so cheap? You know, so... Uh, Ron Wheatcroft mentions this all the time. You know, I, th I think you know for those of you listening in who, who don't do group, uh, it's it's a, it's something worth looking at. Or again, signposting number three. Um, um, we should do signpost bingo, <laughs> shouldn't we, Catherine? Uh, I was going to say we should have like a little swear jar somewhere, <laughs> or like like I mean a money drop sign, but it's a signpost jar. Okay, it's, it's not it's not swearing <laughs> signposting. Come on. <laughs> yeah. No. No. <laughs> but but I think um, you know that it's it, it's worth uh, knowing a bit about group because actually group. Um, and, and legal in general, let's let, let's uh, let's uh, face it, do both, don't they? Yes, yeah, group absolutely. and key person 
uh, actually are the same principle and complement each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's something we've been talking about internally is how we work together um, a bit uh, a bit better to try and promote both products out at the same time. So because a lot of advisors who are in the in the sort of group world don't actually do much in the individual side. And those on the individual, even business protection, often don't think about group that much. Uh, and, and it yeah. is really important that they are that, that you work both together. Yeah. Some of the best signposting I've seen in 2021, I have to say, is from uh, group uh, um, benefits advisors to individuals. Um, and I think that, you know, again, some group people will be listening to this, but there's certainly be some individual people listening to this. Go, go, and, go and seek out the employee benefits, um, guys, because they don't all do the individual. Um, and the synergies are, for me, you know, just staring at, staring at you in the face. But if, you, if you're siloed into a, that, well, I'm only going to do that, maybe, um, maybe there are opportunities there. So as in, don't, don't assume that the employee benefits consultants always do individual, guys. Absolutely. I think, obviously, again, I'm sorry, going back to some of the statistics that really sort of stood out for me and probably surprised me in terms of like these borings and the vulnerability and things. Um, you know, we had as well in there that it's roughly the average borrowing during COVID for a business was £122,000 and and almost a fifth had borrowed over £250,000. And it's sort of like it's sticking with me, that whole thing of people putting up a lot of their personal um assets is kind of like is it collateral probably for for it is that yeah. the right word yeah collateral. Um, yeah. i was just sort of got myself paranoid then i was using the wrong word um but you know with the whole planning for the future you know when we're looking forward to try and encourage companies to listen to us to what protection can offer and i know that it's it's probably this age-old story isn't it or this age-old thing of us saying you know how can we get people to listen to us more you know we usually say a lot in the personal space but now with the businesses what can we do jeff to really start getting this conversation going and not just from advisors but you know where, where should we be going who should be trying to contact to sort of really try and engage with businesses well i think um uh, firstly you know within our our uh, research document what we've tried to do is rather than just say here's the output from the research here's the interesting obviously very interesting stats what we've wanted to try and do is say uh, well, well, this is how you can use it. And so we've got a variety of conversation starters that work their way through it. It's almost like a so what. Well, actually, this is what you can do with it. And this is how you can have a conversation around it. Um, and, I, and I actually think that um, although someone like Roy, you know, with his experience or even yourself, Catherine, we just pick it up and use it to target conversations with accountants and business owners alike. If you're not so experienced or you're new to business protection, then actually the research will still um, give you a, not only a great introduction to business protection, but also show you how to approach businesses and what to say. But but that's also the same for approaching accountants. It's not necessarily just accountants. Um, maybe it's actually going to your local um, business lunches or business groups or federations of small businesses, that type of thing. If you, if you look in your local town or your local area, there will be a variety of networking type clubs that business people will go to. And often that gives you great opportunity just to go and talk and to network and get to know people and actually try and educate them a little bit about what you can do. Uh, and, and the research document does have these conversation starters and it will really help you think about what to say. And then you'll go in with some credibility um, with, with those business owners or accountants um, and alike. I think the other thing there is, is that you get a, an immediate level of respect because you're going in with the facts and these yes. are facts that most of these people won't understand, particularly some of the introducers. 
Um, and I'd also encourage the use of social media here. You know, uh, I, I, I suspect um, it's okay to share any any of your particular slides, isn't it, Jeff? I hope so, because as you see, I, I have been. Uh, but, um, yes, you know, is. I think sometimes, you know, using some of these stats and, and putting them out in the public domain on things like LinkedIn will actually get uh, you some, some, some commentary and... Uh, I think if you are the person that is, is, is the expert on this field and this State of the Nation report enables you to become an expert, then don't be, uh, don't be concerned that you're going in to see a you know, big accountant or a big lawyer or, 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 or somebody who you think you know, is, is going is to be more established than you. Actually, I think you'll find they'll be very, very keen to understand some of these situations for some of the reasons we've alluded to earlier. Yeah. Plus, accountants and lawyers in particular all, all signpost themselves as we know okay so they will signpost internally okay but also externally and i think if you can become and i love that idea of business clubs i've seen several ifas that do it on a, on, on a very successful way you become that expert in that business club on business protection uh your name and your referral structure uh will uh, arguably spread like wildfire yes oh, absolutely it really does on social media, it's um, an incredible thing. It's one of those things that social media is a bit of a, it can be a wonderful place and also a negative place. But if you do find a really good sort of um, business club, there's a number of them um, on Facebook. Um, there's, there's quite a few business communities on there. And if you do sort of like just go in, have a look, sorry, maybe watch it for a couple of days, see who's saying what and different things. But um, I tend to find a lot of the time for me when I'm looking at these things as well is that there's a lot of people in them who tend to be quite a lot of maybe wealth or pension focused. Mm, correct. Yeah. And obviously, absolutely not my area. Um, but then sometimes there'll be the odd thing where someone say, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and obviously it's not necessarily their key area, but it's mine. So I can easily step in and say, oh, you know, actually, this is what we can do here. And, you know, I just kind of monitor from the side in a sense and just come in whenever I feel it's, it's useful. And, and it has, you know, it can take a while, but it does come to a point where somebody will suddenly start tagging you and saying, oh, I remember, you know, Catherine said something about this the other day. What's your thoughts this time, Catherine? Um, and it's just a really nice way to meet more people. As, as you say, Roy, I shall say it now. It's a good way of so like building everything for signposting and um, chatting to different people. But um, you know, I really like the idea in the report as well, Jeff, when it was all these conversation starter sections that you had for different situations. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of really sort of hit home the different way of potentially different contexts and different approaches to take. And, um, and I think with everybody as well, I think if somebody is starting to go into this space a little bit, I kind of think, you know, you, somebody might be a little bit nervous. And so I think I'm a little bit out of my depth here. Either, I think they're probably either going to be nervous or incredibly confident. Um, I probably feel a bit more comfortable with somebody who feels a bit nervous. <laughs> so I'm like wondering how it's going to go. Um, but it's just like with anything, like when people first started out in advice, when they first started doing that new area that they were starting to advise on, the first couple of times it might feel a little bit strange. You might not get it done perfectly right, but it always comes down to practice. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the nerves... The, the, yeah, let me tell you, the nerves, the nerves never end, Catherine. I mean, I've been doing it for donkey's <laughs> years and I, and I still get nervous. But, you know, there's, there's a good thing about nerves as well because it shows a certain level, level of humility and, 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 and non-arrogance. So I, yeah. all I would say to people that are, are thinking about doing this is, firstly, what have you got to lose? Secondly, uh, this is a huge opportunity. And thirdly, if you're not doing it, who else is? Okay, And, and what we can tell you is and, and it's, it's very evident from, from, from this report that there's simply not enough of us out there, i.e. there is no competition. So don't think, oh, somebody else in my area is already doing this. Oh, I bet there's someone doing this already. You know, those sort of things. If you look at, if you look at Ron Wheatcroft's uh, Swiss Re 
uh, health and term uh, uh, report every year, you'll see the amount of uh, business protection is is far too low. And you're therefore in a sort of a, a unique situation in that you don't really have oodles of competition. So I think if this is an area that you're thinking of going into, um, wh- why not try it? And, and, and this sort of report can be your, you know, part of your armory. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I think it's about taking one step at a time, isn't it? Um, and I know when I first got involved many years ago now in business protection, um, my, my manager at the time said, right, just go out, talk to the business, do your fact find, find out about them, just find out stuff and then come back, sit down and we'll go through it and work out probably what we want to do. And then you go back and present a solution. So you don't have to know it all in one go. You know, you can just do it step by step go away and then go back. No one expects you to know everything straight away. Um, so certainly don't be afraid of making those first ones. I completely agree with that. And there are some wonderful insurance companies, um, LNG, of course, but others, <laughs> I, I have to say, Jeff, who, who, who give some excellent training. So, yeah, you know, if, if, if you are concerned about this, go and talk to your local broker consultant from, from the various business protection insurance specialists and, and, and go on a course. Um, and, and, and on that course, they'll give you one, wonderful facts, um, such as we talked about today, but they will give you some of that sales training, which, as, as Jeff alludes to, is, is, is definitely needed as well. But I think, um, you know, it's a bit like the riding of the bike, isn't it? Once you've done it a few times, you'll find it's, it's not a lot of difference to your basic protection. Uh, individual protection um, advice uh, because uh, and Kevin Carr uh, regularly says this it's the same it's the same product there is no difference in the product yet yeah, there are things like cross option agreements and, and there are a few vagaries like that forget about those for the moment the product is the same you're already selling it to your individual clients yeah absolutely and you know if you're not sure about some of the technical stuff even my um, my a couple of my market development managers that um, go and do all our webinars and courses um, they're really experienced with this and technically really know their stuff. And we often get advisors who will call them and go, oh, how should I structure this? What's the best way of doing it? There's always someone. It's not just us. Lots of the other providers have got some excellent account managers who really know their stuff. So as Roy says, just just go and, just go and speak to people. Um, they don't be too happy to help. I think um, when we were chatting the other day, Jeff, so like as we were preparing for this, something that stood out for me that I thought – was really good and again I'm sure other insurers do it as well but it, it was obviously we specifically talk about you and your role in LNG mm-hmm. is that when people do come to you and when they are wanting to see this kind of um, sort of get a bit of training in this kind of area it's not going to be sort of the you know so it's not going to be what a lot of training which is you know so I call this is our training this is LNG and this is what our product does in a sense it's a case of this is unbranded. This is just simply how yes. key person works. This is how exec IP works. And it's it's more sort of like the, you know, it's it's just general market education yes. and bettering the market as a whole. Because the last thing we want as well is for anything, anybody to try and sort of like an advice and not to fully understand the product. So where can people, if somebody does want to have this and they just want to go, you know, what, I just want training on this and just to understand the fundamentals, how would they kind of engage that with your guys? Um, well, on, on the LNG um, website under the protection area, there are there is a section on webinars and workshops, and we have three or four different workshops which we look at for business protection. So we have an introduction to business protection. We have a key person. Uh, we have a shareholder webinar. Uh, we have a, an understanding accounts webinar. And as you say, Catherine, you know, we, we don't talk LNG at all. It's purely generic knowledge and skill based. 
to help you do your you do your job. We, we work on the basis that you know LNG will get their fair share if people start to write protection. So we, we don't do it. We're CII accredited, and you can't be CII accredited if you're doing a product push. So so we don't do it, and we're just going through the sign off again this year to make sure we can keep that accreditation. So you know that you're just going to get good proper generic sales skills and um, technical knowledge to help you do the job uh, in an area. So they're good if you're coming into it and they're good if you um, just need a bit of a refresher on one particular area. Good. I was going to say, one of the, I have definitely had this kind of an experience as well. I was um, doing, well, I've been doing a, quite a bit of sort of shareholder and group protection for a company. And in the shareholder side of things, I suddenly had this thing where, somebody's um sorry tax advisor was saying that what i was saying was wrong and um i did that automatic thing of thinking oh lord i've got it wrong or what, what have i done what have i done kind of thing <laughs> automatically just assumed that i'd done something wrong and um and i spoke to the insurer that i was using i spoke to their taxation specialist and i have to say i couldn't have found any better source of support or information at all they were well, obviously, very happily for me, they said that I was absolutely right and the tax advisor was wrong, which was obviously a good thing. But, you know, straight away they were saying, you know, if you need us to, we can always get in, you know, we'll get on the call with the client, with the tax advisor. We'll t we'll put them straight in a sense as to how it all works. So, you know, they really yeah. are absolutely, you know, amazing um, and, and really good. And the, the technical knowledge is phenomenal when you speak to the business specialists you know that are really into yes. it in, in the sort of the technical departments and um so i'm very in awe of the way that their knowledge is but um but yeah definitely recommend that people you know sort of don't just sort of look at it and think oh i kind of understand it and then wander off and start doing it a bit you know do engage do do the training and you know the, the people in the insurance companies are there to support and they do genuinely want to support people as well. Um, I think whenever I speak to people in this kind of area, they're just so eager to sort of like to chat and be helpful. It's, it's, it's wonderful, actually. Yes, I think that's the other, the, so the other opportunity that, that that's, you reminded me of there, Catherine, is that uh, there is an added advantage of business protection compared to individual. Uh, with individual, uh, and I hope, I hope all our listeners uh, review on a regular basis, but generally some assurance would go up, but slowly over time because you might be covering a mortgage or whatever the case may be. Uh, business protection, the sum assurance go up much quicker because uh, on the basis that most businesses expand over a period of time, what of course you find is that when you're doing your reviews, and it's really important guys that you do your reviews on a regular basis, that actually you'll get to a situation where the protection that you've set up might suddenly become inadequate or a new key person has joined, or the business is just simply bigger than it was before and the, the valuations for shareholder protection need, need increasing. So it's not a, a one-off piece of advice, this. Actually, it's it's part of the protection uh, suite of benefits where I my experience is that the, your summer shorts go up, which which ultimately are, are, are greater revenues for you as well. So, yeah, don't forget that point. Absolutely. Well, I think we're, we're close to the end of the podcast then. I don't know if either of you want to leave anybody with any final pearls of wisdom at all. Um, only for my point. It'd be really uh, awkward if neither uh, of you did. Yeah. <laughs> have a look at the research. Have a look at our website, what we can offer to help you do it. Speak to other providers. Hey, I mean, do you know, there are plenty of really, really good uh, resources out there. Uh, and have a go. go. Go and talk to some businesses. Talk to some accountants. It, it really is a great opportunity. Um, from a business perspective. Yeah, I would I would thoroughly endorse what everything Jeff just said. 
have a go, you know, dip your turn of water, go out, talk to some people, go armed with, you know, this, 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 um, I mean, I, I, I personally get, you know, take a, a hard copy of, of some of the slides with me, go armed out with these and, and, and just test the water. I will be very surprised if any of you get any pushback. Um, um, and I think that people that I know and, and uh, have started down the business protection road over the last few years, very rarely look back actually that what they tend to say is i wish i'd done this a few years ago so you know um i think the final thing i would say is the the the, the most alarming stat that jumps out of all of this is the size of the market guys and, yes. and that means that you know there is no real competition uh there's you know the, the, there's lots to go around and, and i think our our uh, great industry has has got a little bit of a responsibility here i think if we leave you know, what's it guesstimated to be 2.5 million employers and we don't go and talk to them, um, well, then we're not we're not doing the right thing either. So, you know, I would say lots of opportunity, uh, get the training, you know, down, download these stats and other, and other stats and, 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 and go out and try it. I'd, I'd be very surprised if, uh, if you turn around and, and say, I think this is a bad idea. Fantastic. And that's a good thing to, to potentially end on. Well, thank you both, obviously, so much for coming and chatting about this report. There was a lot more statistics than I usually <laughs> go through and everything. So I may have a cuppa just to recover. But no, I, I think it was a it was a really good to see those um, th those numbers because they do s say absolutely a lot. Um, so I'd say thank you both very, very much. No, thank you. Thanks very much. Absolutely. Uh, well, next time I'm going to be back with Matt Ran, and we're going to be chatting about some underwriting of some sort. I have to say, for for the first time in a long time, I'm not completely sure what we're going to be chatting about next time. So, um, so I'll have to just leave it as a mystery for everybody. But if anybody would like a reminder of the next episode, please do drop us a message on social media or visit the website practical-protection.co.uk. And don't forget that if you've listened to this as part of your work, you can claim a CPD certificate on the website too. Thanks to our sponsors, Octo members. Thank you both again. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.